What is up, everybody? It's your boy Drake up in the building, and today I'm joined by Mr. David Wise. Dave, tell the folks what we're talking about today. All right, everybody, we are talking players that in this upcoming season need to, you know what, or get off the pot. Then we're going to talk what team in the conference, which isn't already, would you like to become a traditional rival? And finally, if Jaden Daniels were here, would he beat out A.J. Duffy as the number two quarterback on the team? Find out. Thank you so much for believing yourself out, Dave. And also, folks, thank you guys so much for bringing Locked on Samuels your first listen each and every single day. But with that being said, let's go on with the show. You are Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. That's at the top of the hour. It's your boy, Drake, joined by Dave. And Dave, how's, uh, how's the weekend going on right now? What's up there? What's going on up there in uh, New York? Well, it's funny because we got a little bit of snow, but as I understand it, we're not the only ones. Apparently, Atlanta and Tallahassee got some snow. Just makes me happy that everybody else got to experience what I do. Uh, yeah, you're a very caring, very selfless individual, Dave, making sure everyone <laughs> right. just joins in on your cold and freezing misery. But, folks, as always, thank you guys so much for the love and support. And as always, please, if you can, don't forget the five-star reviews, even our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you podcast from. And also, we are on YouTube. Don't forget the to like the bit, like this video, hit the subscribe banner up at the tippy top of the page, and also ding the little bell so you know when new content drops will be the first to know. And as always, we do Mailback Mondays, which is what today is. We'll be taking, you know, YouTube comments, tweet replies, and basically that's how we do the theme for the show. And one of the better comments that we saw actually was with regarding Travis J, who was a player that Dave, Dave is a massive, massive fan of. I'm going to be one time yeah. pull it up. Yeah, Gregory Moran said Travis J needs, and FSU needs to part ways. He's been here for three years and isn't a starter yet. That should tell you everything, six and six at best. Now, this kind of got me thinking. And something that me and Dave are like, and Max have discussed a little bit, like basically what players do we think need to sort of live up to the hype or like this is like kind of like their last chance. So Dave, since Travis Jay is the one that came up and that's your boy, do you want to go first with him or do you have another player in mind on offense and defense you need to think of that needs to actually finally live up to their potential at Florida State? I feel like I've said everything there is to be said, even as of late about Travis Jay. I think, I think he is one of the most naturally talented and physically talented players on this entire roster. I think he came in with such recruiting hype that it was a foregone conclusion. He would follow in the footsteps of like a Derwin James and just use Florida state as his path to the NFL. And we'd part ways both happy uh, that it worked out. It hasn't worked out at all. Um, I think the tools are all still there. Uh, you've heard what Max has to say about it. He thinks it's something other than just his physical talent. It's hard for me to disagree because I've seen the flashes of what Travis J can look like and what he can look like is arguably the best DB on this team at times. Uh, I don't know where it is. It, it is absolutely one of the top contenders for Esther get off the pot this year, because if it, if it doesn't happen this year, I can't imagine he's on the roster next year and not because I don't think he can add anything, but because I think he will probably be in a position where he thinks, I should be starting somewhere and we're obviously over it at that point, if nothing comes of it this year. So yeah, he's a prime candidate. If it's not this year, it'll be never, but I expect it to be. 
Yeah, I think Travis Jay is like probably the one that everyone thinks on the defensive side of the ball. To me, I think for that side of the ball, I'd probably go with more of a Demory Tate. And that's someone that was probably yeah. the last near consensus five-star that the FSU actually landed. And primarily, he hasn't been on the field due, I think, the first year was due to academic issues that transpired prior to him actually coming to FSU. And then he also, I don't think he's been playing football as long as most of the other kids have. So he's still trying to acclimate to a playbook and stuff like that. He also had injury issues a lot this past year. But now we're going into year three, and basically we haven't even seen him take like several snaps for us. And he was someone that came in highly touted, highly regarded as a very, I said about Travis J, the same thing could be said about DeMori Tate when it comes to that defense side of the ball. So to me, DeMori Tate's a prime example for that. And then for the offensive side of the ball, I think it has to be one of the wide receivers that we don't that we talk about that much. And mm-hmm. I'm torn. I'll, I'm torn between picking Ontario Wilson and Jordan Young. Yep. I'm actually maybe going to go for Jordan Young because Ontario Wilson kind of showed us last year he is capable of being a, a big play wide receiver. I think if you see two of the uh, big plays against UNC last year, he, he, he demonstrated his speed and his route running ability. So to me, I'm going to go with Jordan Young because that's someone that, if I remember correctly, his, actually his nickname coming in was the Abusement Park, right? His ability yeah. to terrorize defensive backs with his speed and his athleticism that we haven't seen that at all. And now we have these four transfer wide receivers coming in with Deuce Fan, Winston Wright, Micah Pittman, and what's the other kid's name? I think I'm forgetting. Johnny Wilson. So yep. to me, like Jordan Young, his time is now. And if he doesn't play, if he if we don't hear anything significant out of spring practice or fall camp, to me, he's a prime transfer candidate, and probably will we will never actually get to experience the full abusement park experience here at FSU. Yeah, there's several players that fit that mold, and I think you're right that it can only be a receiver. Um, I know he hasn't been here as long, but you think of names like Kentron Portier. You think of names like Darius Williamson or Darian, Darian Williamson, who the last couple of years they've played snaps and it just hasn't amounted to much. Um, Ontario is a funny example because I don't know if you would guess this, but he played the most snaps in passing downs of any player, any skill player on Florida State's offense last year. Number one, 313 pass play uh, snaps. Interesting. And what's even more interesting with uh, Pokey is every year it seemed like you knew exactly what you were getting and it's been the exact same eh, performance in 2018, 54.8, 2019, 61.0, 2020, 61.0, 2021, 61.3. So it's funny. He's been the same player every year. I don't know if it's a put up or shut up. I think with him, we kind He's an okay, at best, receiver. I think he's below average, but it's not put up or shut up. His career is going to end at Florida State uh, in a year or two, and that'll be the end of it, and he'll go down as somebody who was a receiver at Florida State. Someone that was a receiver at Florida State. I kind of like the way you kind of wrapped it up. Uh, <laughs> with, I mean, that was kind of hard for me with Ontario. I just think that we saw like towards the end of the year when Jordan was a little yeah. more comfortable being in the pocket and when he actually did deliver on some of his throws. You saw the capability, actually, of what Ontario Wilson could be. And then with the with the Darren Williamson and Kentron Portier, I mean, those two kids were not highly regarded, so I kind of don't kind of I have them in that category. They're both lower-tier three-stars. I remember that Darren Williamson was towards the end of the transition class for Mike Norvell. I think same yeah. thing with Kentron Portier also, who was just bigger body. So to me, like, those two I want to put in there. And then I know he's only year two for him, but I think D.J. Williams is another one, too that Nick kind of does need to put up or shut up. And that's mainly because we didn't see much of him last year, whether it be, you know, the coaching staff doesn't see him as ready yet, or he has acclimated the playbook. But then when you bring in a Trey Benson kid, who apparently is the fastest on the team at 215 yeah. pounds, 
that kind of gives you not Cosper concern because that kind of makes me a little more excited to see how Trey Benson will be utilized actually in his offense. But it gives me cause of concern for the fact that maybe D.J. Williams, maybe after spring, he might not be here much longer, especially when you hear reports of C.J. Campbell, the PWO, actually kind of making some noise. And we, I, I know you, you smile at that, but Trayshawn Ward was a PWO, and we kind of look to see now he's going to be our running back one coming into the season. Yeah, I'm not doing that whole two-stars yo thing that Miami does of like, yeah, look, we turned a two-star to the best player ever. I don't – cool. One PWO worked out. I, let's not rely on that every year. But they play – they serve very different roles in my mind. The two of them, like DJ Williams is a bruiser. He is absolutely the kind of guy you want to give the ball in a third or fourth and one. And that I will trust probably even without seeing him just due to his body type and what little tape we saw of of him last year in at Auburn, that he is the guy I'd want having the ball in that situation more than anybody else in the backfield at this point. And including Trey Benson, if he's fast, that's great. I'm, I, I don't need to be giving fast guys the ball in, third and inches or fourth and inches. I want somebody who I know is going to fall forwards. And I think they can serve very different roles. I can get behind that. I just hope, you know, I saw, I saw what DJ Williams could be actually at Auburn when he was backing up yep. tank Bigsby. And also when he tank Bigsby wasn't there, uh, one of my close friends from law school, he's a big Auburn guy. And like, to me, that's someone that he hasn't proposed a potential here, but maybe it's just like, it's this coach staff isn't going to let him to, but you know, we'll see what happens through spring and through fall. And then my boy at Auburn also was telling me that Auburn probably be the number one seat in their March Madness bracket. And, folks, y'all know that March Madness is only about a week away, maybe a week and a half away. Are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here, and we're running brackets with runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks, all stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves, and there's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at cash prize, or you can go up against Max. He's not particularly good at this thing. Up to $1,800. Join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family by entering Pure Madness. That's Pure Madness, P-U-R-E-M-A-D-N-E-S-S at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. Once again, that's runyourpool.com for a chance to win a cash prize of up to $1,800. If you're going up against Matt Max, it'll be, be a little bit easier. When you're going up against Gabe myself, it'll be a little more difficult. But we look forward to seeing you and beating you there. And once you're done at Run Your Pool, and if you need a little bit more information, you know, so you can go deeper with your run, win all that money, and you know, have some bragging rights next time you're on FT Twitter, head on over to Stat Hero, folks. Stat Hero is when you get the instant information, whether it be for star players like a Jabari Smith at Auburn, or maybe you don't have as much faith as Paulo Benchero over at Duke. So in addition to their picking games, they also have dozens of laps you can comp, comb through to take on head-to-head. And this is this basically, Stat Hero is what daily fantasy was meant to be. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get a 100% deposit match on your deposit. Once again, stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Basically, this is the sleep. Simple, sleek gameplay. We'll have you playing in minutes. And as I said before, this is what daily fantasy was meant to be. Term and conditions may apply. All right, Dave, let's go to our next little mailbag Monday. You know, we folks, as always, you know, put comments in their YouTube videos, and we always come through and pick the best ones for our mailbag Monday. Just trust me, we love talking about what's on the thoughts of y'all folks. <laughs> Sorry, it's a, it's, it's a little bit in the middle of a Sunday. I've been doing a lot of NBA work and trying to get all that stuff done. But... We'll go over here to Khalil Young. Khalil Young says, shout out to Khalil, 
I want to play VT more often and just take off Boston College. So that got us thinking, if we do go to divisionless football, what teams do we want to see come become traditional rivals? Dave? Yep. What would you kind of – so right now we already have the Miami. That's probably already locked in, right? Right. So then who would you want to be – have your other two, I guess is what we do, or other four that we play each and every single year? It's a fun question because not all of them are going to be traditional rivals. Like if you think about, if you think about it, who are our actual ACC traditional rivals? It's really Miami and Clemson, right? Like we play Wake every year. I don't think of Wake as a traditional rival. They've had a cute little run here. We beat up on them most years. It's adorable. Um, it, it's a fun conversation though because do you want more cupcake? Do you want to make a Duke? You want to make Duke a rival? That could be fun. Uh, we're going to beat Duke almost every year. Um, they have like their weird Daniel Jones year every now and then, like every 30 years or so. But I, I don't hate an idea like that. Max brought up geography, like playing Georgia Tech, just geographically, so many Florida State fans in the Atlanta, metro Atlanta area. It makes a lot of sense to be Georgia Tech. Um, and at least for now and for the foreseeable future, there'll be a similar team at Duke where we'll be able to just beat the hell out of them, I would imagine, though they've given us trouble in the past. That was triple option crap that's gone now um i don't hate that but i don't think that's my answer i think i want fun and virginia tech is the fun we have history against virginia tech we beat them in a national championship game when we had to play mike vick like it seems like that was the start virginia tech was the start and end of an era all in one game uh willie taggart that era started and ended against virginia tech so there is both recent and old history against that team. And I love the idea of having a quality opponent who I just really enjoy beating for no reason that I can really explain. I mean, that's fair. And like, I kind of go with you with that. The one thing is like, I, I personally don't look at Clemson as a rival. I think they have recent success in the past 10 years. I mean, I do. I understand that we compete with them for all these new recruits. We, we compete them for supremacy. But if you look at the entire history of the two programs against each other, I don't see that to me. That's not a, what a rival makes. I mean, Dave, you're a Boston Red Sox fan, right? No. What? I know. I know. Folks, I say that all the time because Dave is from Boston. And he's actually a Yankees fan. But no, he's right. a Yan- but he's a Yankees fan. And you understand that. That's like that's a historic rivalry, right? Boston versus the Yankees. Yeah, Red Sox versus the Yankees. Then you have Duke and UNC in basketball. Shout out Coach K for, you know, losing to Virginia Tech in the com- ACC Conference Tournament. That was Love awesome. It. Love it. Love every single second of it. So to me, like, I would keep Clemson on there because now I think maybe over the, the course of the next decade, they could become one of our rivals for that. But I'm there. I'm still thinking that, I mean, you know, I mean, basically the dynasty is like been the, the Clemson dynasty has been like since what, 2015. So maybe eight years. Yeah. Something like that. Like a dynasty to me is something that takes place over decades and decades and decades, right? A long story, you know, blood feud between the two Virginia tech to me makes a little bit more sense. Like I kind of agree with you with that because there's the history of the Mike Vick game for national championship. There's also the Willie Tiger, like, oh my God, swag surfing is forever dead and will never be played at Doak Campbell ever again in our lifetimes, right? I mean, that song has basically been thrown out by the entire fan base, right? Yeah. Like those two. And then I agree with Max. I mean, the Georgia Tech angle, I think, is great primarily because like of all the big FSU fans in Georgia. But if I'm gonna be honest here, I might go for someone instead of go to UNC instead of actually for a traditional for just for a traditional rival. Because Why? I don't know. For some reason for me, whether it be ba- like for basketball or whatever, football, but for football especially, it seems that our our best moments of our team has come against those against that team and also our worst, right? 
the past two seasons, we've beaten up on a Sam Howell team after he had decommitted and won and stayed actually in state. And then before that last time he played them was the infamous, what the kick where the kicker was like kicker made like a 50 yard field goal and then ran around chopping around the field. And this is me being selfish. I wouldn't mind taking a road trip with the boys, go to UNC and just hang and just hang out there. So to me, the three I personally will go with is probably Miami Clemson, but I think I would just keep UNC in there because I actually do love the games against UNC. Let me, let me ask a question and it's rhetorical to end this segment. Is Miami even really like a rival anymore? It's like they haven't won anything that matters in two decades. Yeah, because the history and the bad blood's always there. And regardless of how bad each of us is, like history goes away at some point, though, right? Like, no, history's forever. Hey, history's forever, man. Something years. Like, I mean, it, you can't. I don't know. All I'm saying is, if if you were born since the time they last won anything, you can legally drink, like. You got to be old to remember Miami being good at anything. So it's not a rival. I don't know. It's cute. I mean, I mean, we joke on them all the time. But the thing is, though, like though, like the the '80s, the '90s, and even the 2000s, even the games that were both terrible. Like that's a game that the, the I don't think I ever thought about a game that was bad, except for maybe last year's game that we do not speak of because we didn't do we anything. Don't, we don't talk about that. One. We yeah. yeah, we don't discuss that at all. Period. But to me, like the rivalry, the hatred's still there. And also, you got to remember these kids have been playing football against each other since they were like five. And then up over time, it's like, oh, hey, I'm going up north. You're staying at home to to protect the crib, rep the crib, whatever they call it down there. So to me, it's something like that's a bigger game for that. And also like that's it's just, it's just mutual hatred for each other, you know? Like, that that's a game that brings out the brings out the worst in each fan base, right? And that's a game that we talk about even when the other team loses or when we lose our own game, we're still talking about it, so. It's kind of, like, like I said, it was kind of sarcastic. I would just appreciate it if they, you know, tried to not suck quite as much on the national stage and lose by a thousand to Bama so that our game means a little more, but hey, what do I know? Uh, you don't know much. You you don't know that much, Dave. But uh, I right. do want to I do want to point out that someone actually did co- comment on Khalil's question actually here, and actually was saying that he wants more out of conference games, and that's basically like, like, would you actually be open to more out of conference games? And if you so, like, basically, we would have if if Dave, you were the ACC commissioner, and you yeah. permitted each school to pick one out of conference game that automatically gets agreed to, whether it be you play a group of five team or you play a power five team, who would be the one team that you want to select? I would want to play Cincinnati every year. I, I hate that school. Uh, they're bad. Uh, they're not good at football. I'd like to just beat up on that cupcake year in and year out, uh, embarrass them and send them back, back to the stone age where they belong. Why Cincinnati? Because of the like reason, because the I don't like things? this. Yes. I don't look UCF. Is you're a, a hater. Because you, you're a if, hater, if, man. You really are. You UCF hate the smallest beats us, group, bro. We risk making a big four type situation or really them replacing Miami to like them joining the big three. And I don't four, want four. to deal with that. Four four. I don't. I don't want to hear that. What I do want is to send Cincinnati back to hell where they belong, and their fake good head coach Luke Fickle, awful. Um, Desmond Ritter, the worst quarterback in the country last year, arguably. Um, yeah, I need them to go back to irrelevancy where they belong. So I'd love to play them. Yeah. My hand is in my my face is in my hands right now, folks. Primarily because this yeah. is literally what I have to deal with every single time I try to make a decent argument with David about hey, you know, maybe just you know the smaller schools actually might be pretty good. It's no. like talking to a damn brick wall. And that's why I love you. But I think the team that I probably would pick, um, I, we already played Notre Dame every like four or so years, so that I wouldn't yeah. probably count that in there. I would love to actually probably play like a USC or something, right? Like probably play as like a Pac-12 team out west, like maybe go over there for a little bit, come back over here. It's like to me, that's something that 
it's good for the program. And that's also like a school that right there that has like a long storied history of actually playing really well. And also a school that kind of was similar to us where they went through a very, very dark time for 10 years. Right. And that's something that's sort of starting to get built up. They have like a sexier new hire with Lincoln Riley right now too, as well. And they're kind of seeing with this whole new NIL thing, that's probably might be a game changer for them. So I kind of want to see how we would stack up to a program that kind of is similar to ourselves, honestly. Yeah, like low-key as like my third favorite team. I kind of always liked USC growing up. Like the whole Reggie Bush Pat Line thing was fun. Oh, Reggie Bush is probably one of my favorite players to watch, like ever. Yep. Him and him and yep. him and Lindell White are just freaking sickos, dude. Forgotten name right there. Yeah. But folks, for these imaginary games, we have real games coming up, and especially with March yep. Madness and folks. Your one-stop shop for all your betting action is betonline.net. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get all your lists on all the sports action, whether it be NHL, playoffs are coming up, NBA, playoffs are coming up, college basketball, March Madness, as we said before, and also baseball after the luck has finally been lifted. Baseball will be starting April 14th, and folks, you want to be there for opener of each team. I am ready to be hurt again by the Miami Marlins because, hey, we're terrible every single year, but somehow I still keep coming back. Folks, head over to betonline.net. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that's betonline.net. Promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, betonline, where the game starts. All right, and today we're going to wrap up today's show with a question. Well, not a question, but kind of a statement that kind of piqued me and Dave's interest today. John White says that Jane Daniels wouldn't beat out Duffy for backup quarterback. Now, we discussed Jane Daniels, the former Arizona State quarterback who transferred over to LSU, and how he potentially might be the starter heading into the, heading into the season, most likely if Miles Brennan is not healthy. But also, we've seen how Brian Kelly has been able to utilize subpar QBs and make them actually be productive. Look at J- Jack Cohn over at Notre Dame. So I kind of want to... Dave, I kind of want your take. Like, if we actually had gone after Jane Daniels, right? Yeah. And Jane Daniels actually did commit over here. Do you think that Jane Daniels would be the prime backup behind Jordan Travis? Or do you even go even further to say that Jane Daniels might be our starting QB heading into the season? I don't know that I would say he would be our starting quarterback because I think he is, ironically, a poor man's Jordan Travis. I think he is like a slightly lesser effective Jordan Travis. Maybe a little more than slightly, but either way, I do think he would have beaten A.J. Duffy out and nothing to do with performance. I think it is likely that even as of right now, both of them would be coming into the same new system, right? So they would both have the same relative inexperience with the system. However, I think A.J. Duffy is definitely more talented, especially as a passer. I think uh, Jane Daniels is definitely, at this point, has to be a more... I would think a more effective runner, um, but I think that comes with time as the game slows down for a quarterback, you're able to use your legs more effectively, um, especially intentionally and not just running through your life, which is a problem behind this O-line. But um, I don't think this coaching staff wants to be in a position where they're James Blackmaning A.J. Duffy. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think the team needs to be all in on this year unless it's at the expense of ruining a quarterback who I believe is as incredibly talented as A.J. Duffy, if, for example, Jordan Travis were to get hurt. If Jordan Travis were to get hurt, I don't know that putting A.J. Duffy in means you're running the exact same offense. However, I do believe that it would mean with Jaden Daniels, you would be running 
almost identically the same offense. I think the play calling would stay similar. And I think the way you'd see Jaden Daniels play would be almost identical to what the way you see Jordan Travis play. So I think for that reason alone, he would win the starting job or excuse me, the backup job, regardless of whether he's the second best quarterback on the team, which I don't think he would be. No, I mean, I can get behind that too. I, I, I don't think Jan Daniels will beat out actually Jordan Travis. I think you, you probably put it in the best way possible. He's a poor man's Jordan Travis. He's a very easy. I think he's where Jordan Travis was, I think two years ago when, yep. when, he, when he came on for James Blackman, very inaccurate. Now I still think Jordan Travis needs to work a lot on pocket presence, being comfortable in the pocket, not ha- getting the happy feet that we've seen and also be yep. much better hitting his out routes. But like Jane Daniels to me is someone who took a step back from injury and also, he lost a supporting cast with an Eno Benjamin and then Brandon Ayuk, who were his two weapons his freshman year. When he went, I think, with 19 TDs and two picks. And with A.J. Duffy, hear how he's struggling in practice. I mean, he's a, it's a freshman. It's his first you know, spring practice. Of course, he's going to struggle. But I do think if Jordan Travis does get hurt, A.J. Duffy will be a very similar offense, primarily because he can move. We've seen Tay Rodemaker, who by all accounts is having a wonderful practice. The kid is a statue back there. Super athletic. But he's a statue when it comes to that. And also, we've heard this before about practice warriors. They can be the MVP, the basically the Heisman candidate in practice. When the lights come on, it's a whole entirely different ball game. And then I would feel a lot more comfortable with Jane Daniels back there. So and to answer your question, John White, I primarily do think Jane Daniels actually probably would beat out AJ Duffy primarily because he has the experience. And also, the, his skill set is very tailor-made for the sort of run-and-gun offense that we've kind of seen evolve from Novell's playbook to Jordan Travis at the helm. Yeah, you just, again, it's just, it's such an opportunity wasted because like I said a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, I'm at the same time irritated that we didn't go after Jaden Daniels when I think we probably could have landed him if we had, but happy that we're going to likely be able to play him game two because I think he's a very beatable quarterback that I don't think, I don't think presents the kind of challenge against a team like LSU that I would otherwise be more worried about. Like, I think he makes them easier in my eyes. However, like, again, Jordan Travis is going to get injured this year. I pray that he doesn't, but I'm not stupid. And I know that history tells me because of the way he plays, he's at some point going to miss snaps. And if it's Tate Rodemaker out there, when that happens, not only do we have to change our whole offense, I think we go into run, run, pass, punt mode. And that's going to just lead to us losing every game that Jordan Travis isn't playing much of. And the question is, where does that leave us with A.J. Duffy? We saw James Blackman be effective in his first year, and then he just got worse and worse. And I think it was because of the way he was thrown in there like he was. I don't want to see that happen to A.J. Duffy. If Jaden Daniels was here, I think he'd be a plug-and-play and it's unfortunate now that I think we're going to find out the answer to that question this year. Is Tate going to play, or are we going to try potentially spoil AJ Duffy? I fear we're going to find that out. I don't, because I still think that we're probably going to get get some form of transfer quarterback actually in the portal, because like I said before, we're still, this is recording in March, and some of the yeah. transfer QBs and players didn't come, you know, announce with their intentions until June. Now, I know I don't like having a kid, you know, learn a playbook over like two months instead of an entire offseason to like work with, you know, wide receivers, running backs, the offensive line, and scan protections. But to me, just like, that's something that you at least have to grab someone out of the portal, right? To actually be able to fill the death on that because you can't go into training camp with three scholarship QBs 
And as much as I, you know, I find the kid funny on TikTok, I don't need to see Geno English in play any significant snaps at all, period, unless it's for the scout team. So before we actually head out of here, because we're actually wrapping up right now, I do want to ask you, do you think A.J. Duffy actually will, if even if Jordan, you know, like he does go down in a game, like say we have like a similar McKenzie Millen situation where Helmet yeah. popped off, Mackenzie Millen goes in and starts like four games later on. Do you think something like that actually might happen again, mainly because A.J. Duffy has just shown so much promise, you know, actually over summer if he sort of like kills it from spring and summer? Well, here's what I'll say. I think it's it's a good situation that we played Duquesne, Duquesne first, David, David, uh, David Duquesne. Yeah, Duquesne, David Duquesne. Um, I think it's great that we play them first because I can't imagine you won't see some of A.J. Duffy. Like even it's going to be in mop-up duty, but I think you'll get, we've heard good practice reports so far assuming we keep hearing those i think if he gets in in the third or fourth quarter against the quesney and plays well uh at least we'll know that god forbid the first two quarterbacks are out or like if Tate rodemaker is just so unserviceable in action and i think we'll see him too against the quesney that at least we'll know whether aj duffy's ready for the moment i mean he's certainly talented enough but again how many freshman quarterbacks, true freshman quarterbacks work out? It's so few over the course of history. A.J. Duffy can be incredibly talented, and I think he is, but just historically, it doesn't work that way. So we'll probably find out against Aguesney if, at a minimum, he's ready to come play against you know some of the lesser teams, but that won't be LSU, and I sure as don't want to ruin A.J. Duffy against LSU if it comes to it. I don't either, but I actually wouldn't be surprised if we see AJ Duffy as early as week three. And I think the game after LSU, I think that's against, is that against Wake Forest? Do you know on the top of your head? I do not. Give me one second. I, pull I should. You, you should, Dave. I mean, you, you're the number one Wake Forest hater. Oh, yeah, they're bad. They're real bad. I'm going to fill time by filibustering about how bad Wake is. Just remember that. Uh, yeah, you will. No, it's actually week three is actually against Louisville. But thank you for the quick. I don't want to see that. I don't need to see a Malik Cunningham AJ Duffy duel. Like that's that's not that's not a fun time. See, to me, I think that we'll probably see him at like as early as that game because I do it's not that mm. I think that Jordan Travis is gonna get hurt or anything like that, but I do think that eventually we might see AJ Duffy kind of separate himself. And if we if we start out one and one, depending on how bad that one loss to LSU is, maybe just maybe we might see Mike Neville finally, you know, stop being stubborn. Like, hey, maybe I need to try something a little bit different, a little bit new, right? Because when we discussed Jordan Travis last week, I said that he he only threw, I think, what, two games above 250 yards? He, yeah. Those two games were the only games he had above 200, 200 yards. And that's yeah. something that if you want to be a winning football team and actually probably win seven or eight games, which I think all three of us think is possible, you want to be throwing a, at least 225, at least 250. You don't need to throw the ball 40 times, but you need to hit those yardage marks. And you kind of have the weapons now, and... I disagree with the offensive line actually did show some improvement last year. I think they were actually, when they were fully healthy, an average line. And that's honestly all you can ask for. But we can talk about that later date. Folks, thank you guys so much for the love and support and listening to our episode. Locking Seminoles, you know, brings to you the best daily sports, Florida State Seminoles sport, uh, discussions each and every single day, Monday through Friday. And as always, don't forget, five-star reviews on our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you podcast from. And also, like this video at the bottom. Dave, come with me. Hit the subscribe banner up at the tippy-tippy top and ding the little bell so you know when new content drops. For Drake, that was Dave. We'll see you all next time on Locked on Seminoles. Take care, everybody. Go Noles.